You're listening to the Informal Bible Study, a casual and applicational look at the Scriptures. I'm John Stonge, and it's great to have you with us today. In just a few moments, we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 19, and we're going to be talking about the idea of not letting our trials surprise or discourage us. But before we take a look at this portion of Scripture, I have just a couple quick things I wanted to share with you. I mention each week our website. Our website's desirejesus.com, and I want to share several specific things with you that are on the website, some of which are new, some of which have been there for a while. But a few months ago, we completely redesigned our website, and we're trying to make it a lot more useful, trying to make it um, something that has just a lot of helpful content on it to help you grow in your walk with Christ. So if you go to our website, you'll notice a couple things. One of the things right away that will probably stand out to you, at least if we've done our job, it should stand out to you, is that uh, right away on the website, you'll see a link for a free book. And each month I've been releasing a 30-day version of the Desire Jesus devotional. Very soon, the full year edition will be available. But the 30-day editions have been, uh, we've been giving them away for free uh, over the course of this past year. And so you could usually find the current one right there front and center uh, with the free book link. A few other things that you'll see on the website, if you want to see just some information about me and about my ministry, there are links for that. But then there's also a link to our blog. And on the blog, what you'll find is basically the the teaching of these podcast episodes written up uh, essentially in you know just a, a a written form so that you could read it so that you could share it online if that's something that you want to do. And they go back all throughout this year. So all the different things that we've been teaching here on the podcast, you can find uh, essentially an outline for, a transcript for, and uh, a lot of people tell us that those are useful to them. So we want to make sure that you notice that they're there and uh, you take advantage of using them as well. We hope they're useful to you. Uh, You'll also find links to both of our podcasts. So in addition to the informal Bible study, we also have our sister podcast, which is the Chapter a Day Audio Bible. And uh, we encourage you to listen to that right now as I'm speaking. I'm in the midst of recording the book of Jeremiah. I'm just about at the halfway mark in uh, recording that. And uh, I've been recording all throughout this year, all throughout last year. Uh, I'll be recording uh, the Chapter a Day Audio Bible all throughout next year, Lord willing, and even into the following year. But then we'll have the entire Bible recorded and available in chapter-a-day episodes. Some of the psalms, we combined several into uh, one episode, and we also uh, broke up Psalm 119 into five different episodes because it's rather long. But you can listen to that with our sister podcast, the Chapter-a-Day Audio Bible. We also have links to this podcast at DesireJesus.com as well. You'll also find our bookstore on the website, and our bookstore has just a variety of resources. You could find links to different Kindle editions or paperback editions to our various books. And two other things you'll find on our website. You'll find a link to a church planting board that I have the privilege to direct. And if church planting is something that you've ever been interested in getting involved with, or if you're interested in getting involved with revitalizing or helping a struggling church, 
Uh, that's something that I'd be very interested in talking to you about, and you can find contact information for us on the website. And the last thing you'll find there is our newsletter link, and that allows you to get on our email list. And when we have updates and different things of interest, we send those out to our email subscribers, and we make sure that you know about what's going on. So that's an overview of what you'll find on our website. I hope you'll take advantage of it if you've never been to it. Again, it's desirejesus.com. And I say this from time to time, but if you do visit the website, don't be afraid to send me a message. I love hearing from those who enjoy the podcasts. It encourages me to keep recording them, and I'd love to know where you're from, when you listen, what you're finding helpful, what you'd like us to improve about what we're offering, whether on the website or via the podcast. So check that out. Stop by. Let us know you were there. Definitely sign up for the newsletter, but it's uh, just great to be able to interact with those who enjoy Uh, the content that we're trying to put out that we hope is helping you to grow in your walk with Christ. Now, all that being said, I want to dig into the Scripture that we're looking at today. And today we're looking at 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 19. And we're talking about the idea of not letting our trials surprise or discourage us. So let me read this passage of Scripture for us. This is what it states. Beloved, Do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or a thief, or an evildoer, or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God, and if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful Creator while doing good. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the privilege of being able to look at it together today. And Lord, as we look at this portion of Scripture that, again, speaks of suffering like we see in other portions of Peter's letter, we pray, Lord, that you'd help us to understand more about the concept of trials and the purpose of these tests and difficulties that sometimes we go through. Lord, help us not to be overly surprised or overly discouraged by these things but to rest confidently in you, knowing that you have a purpose for everything you allow us to endure. So we thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be able to look at your word together now, and we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would speak to our hearts. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. The other day I heard someone tell the story of what his friend once told him was his ideal life. His friend said that he hoped to be living on a beach somewhere in Hawaii with a simple hut that had a satellite dish so that he could still watch lots of TV. 
and he didn't want to experience any stress. He didn't want to be bothered with long conversations in general. He didn't want to have to interact with very many people. This was his picture of a stress-free life. Now, if you were given the ability to carve out the ideal version of your earthly life, what would you want it to look like? Would you be by yourself or are other people included in your vision? And what are some of the stresses that bother you now that you would make certain to not include? Well, as fun or interesting as it may be to try and imagine what an easy life might look like, the reality is that that isn't something we've been promised on this earth. In fact, when you look at what Scripture tells us, we're encouraged not to be surprised or discouraged by our trials. These things will come, and the Lord has a purpose for them. Well, what else does his word tell us about the trials and difficulties that we might experience as those who trust in Jesus Christ? Well, one of the first things that we see in the passage that we're looking at today is the fact that something strange isn't happening to you. Look at what it says in verse 12. It says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. I have a complicated last name. I'm glad my parents gave me an easy first name because it usually takes people a while to learn how to spell or pronounce my last name. In fact, twice this past week I experienced people mistakenly adding the letter R to my last name. So my last name is Stange, and it's spelled S-T-A-N-G-E. But when someone accidentally adds the letter R, which can be easy to do if you're looking at the spelling of my last name uh, rather quickly— it turns the word stongi into the word strange. Now, I will admit to being somewhat strange, but I haven't adopted that word as my surname. But when you look at this passage of Scripture, it makes use of the word strange. And it tells us that when we're in the midst of difficult and fiery trials, we shouldn't consider that to be overly odd or strange. In fact, we're told here to not even be surprised when such things take place. I guess that means we should actually expect some trials to come our way, as difficult as that may be to do. When you experience a trying season of life, how do you typically respond to it? Do you resent it? Do you consider it a form of punishment from God? Do you question God's fairness in allowing you to go through it? Many believers mistakenly go through life thinking that God has shallow goals for their lives. It can be very easy for us to start thinking that just because our goal for our earthly life is stress-free happiness, that that's God's goal too. But that's simply not the case. Our Lord desires that our faith grow strong. Our Lord wants to produce holiness in our lives. His plan for you goes much deeper than your plans may have gone up to this point. For that reason, the Lord graciously allows our faith to be tested. A tested faith is a genuine faith. A tested faith is a strong faith. Trials and tests differentiate who truly believes in Jesus and who doesn't. 
trials and tests do a great job of convincing your own heart that you truly believe. If you're going through a testing season right now, realize that something strange is not happening to you. This is, in fact, quite normal and will most certainly have a long-term good effect on you and on the depth of your faith. Something else that's brought out in this portion of Scripture is this. We are to rejoice in the midst of our suffering. Look at verse 13. It says this, But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Keep in mind that suffering is only a temporary thing. Sometimes we tend to catastrophize our pain, and we treat a temporary concern like it's a permanent reality. But those who know Jesus can learn to see beyond our temporary pain. We have been blessed with joy in Christ that isn't dependent on our circumstances. I like what it tells us in the book of James chapter 1. In James chapter 1, it says this, verses 2 and 3 tell us, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So again, we're encouraged to count it all joy when we meet all kinds of trials. And Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 22, he said, So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. Isn't that a beautiful concept? You may have sorrow now, but we will rejoice. We will see Jesus Christ And when we see him, no one is going to take our joy from us. When we suffer on this earth, particularly when we're suffering at the hands of others because of our willingness to live out our faith in Christ, we can rejoice because we're experiencing the same kind of treatment Jesus received during the course of his earthly ministry. The Scripture speaks of our suffering in this context as sharing in Christ's sufferings. In those moments, the testimony of our life is saying that we love Christ more than we love the praise or the kind treatment of other people. We don't want to idolize the comforts of this world over Jesus. He's the one who is to be the ultimate object of our affection. We could also rejoice in our suffering because we've been told what's coming next. As those who have displayed a genuine faith that bears itself out in a willingness to suffer for Christ, we're also told that we can look forward to the blessings of living in the midst of his eternal glory when that glory is finally revealed. Suffering may be part of our present, but it won't be part of our future. Our hope isn't anchored in our momentary circumstances. Our hope is anchored in Christ and our eyes can see future blessings by faith that he has in store for us. In all honesty, I pity those whose greatest desire for comfort is tied to the present moment. It's the most short-sighted way a person can choose to live. Well, something else that we're told in this portion of Scripture is this. Don't be ashamed if you're insulted. Look at what it says in verses 14, 15, and 16. It says this, 
If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or a thief, or an evildoer, or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. So let's say you choose to go about your life on this earth joyfully looking forward to what Christ has in store and not willing to anchor your greatest hopes to temporary things. If that's what you do, what might you experience at the hands of others? Well, as your faith becomes more and more apparent and your beliefs become more and more audible, meaning that you just speak up about these things, what might you receive from others? Well, this scripture cautions us to understand that we might be insulted for bearing the name of Christ. Have you ever experienced something like that? How did it feel when that happened? Growing up, I didn't have very many friends who shared my faith. The few I did have didn't live anywhere near me. And when the Lord got a hold of my life, I can remember two distinct times during that season as a young Christian when I was insulted in hurtful ways. I remember being ridiculed by my neighborhood friends when I came home from working at a Christian summer camp for the very first time. We pulled up to my house, I got out of the car, I started unloading the car, and immediately the ridicule began. The hurtful words came. I was insulted, I was reviled, I was made fun of because of my decision to work at a Christian summer camp all summer instead of hanging out in the neighborhood. I also remember being made fun of for getting a cross and a Bible fashioned on my senior class ring. I remember when we were in school, we were allowed to choose the designs that we wanted on our senior class rings. We were supposed to pick things that had something to do with our primary interests, and so I chose a cross and I chose a Bible. And I'll never forget the reaction that I got from one of my friends. He thought it was ridiculous. He thought it was embarrassing. And he treated me poorly because of my decision to get those things on my ring. He made fun of me. He looked down on me. He made me feel like a lesser person because of it. And my guess is that there are plenty of people who probably speak poorly about my faith today as well. It's just that when you're an adult, you learn to be more covert about it. And so I'm guessing I probably receive some criticism today also because of my decision to follow Christ. But when you look at what this scripture tells us, God's word tells us not to be ashamed if and when we're insulted for following Christ. Now, some professing Christians will never experience this for two reasons. First, they may not be very open about their faith, and therefore few people know what they actually believe. And second, some believers don't spend enough time interacting with or building genuine relationships with unbelievers. And as a result, they rarely put themselves in a context where someone might take issue with their beliefs. Still, if someday you are insulted or cursed by others because you follow Christ, don't forget what this scripture tells us. This world may curse you, but God will bless you. His Spirit rests upon all who bear the name of Christ. 
We're cautioned here not to lump suffering for Christ in the same category as suffering for practicing evil. If we practice murder, theft, or other forms of evil, we can expect to suffer as well, but that's a different story altogether. The insults we might receive in a context like that would be earned and expected. But if we're insulted for living with a sincere, faith-filled devotion to Christ, don't be crushed. Rejoice that someone took the time to notice your faith in action. One last thing that this portion of Scripture brings out is this, that God will use your suffering to refine you. Look at what it says in verse 17 down to verse 19. This is what we read. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God, and if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. I take a high level of comfort in knowing that the Lord doesn't waste the experiences he allows me to go through. It's easier for me to talk about seasons of suffering that I've experienced when they were a long time ago and not very easy to talk about recent seasons. I will admit to you that several years ago, I went through a season where I felt abnormally discouraged with a variety of things that were outside of my control. And I remember wondering if I should consider taking a decade or two to do something different instead of pastoring. I just felt crushed. I felt heavy at the time. And it was very difficult for me to continue to press on to do what God had called me to do. But the Lord bolstered me up, and he encouraged me not to quit. And he used the experience to refine me, to teach me, and frankly, I'm convinced that he used that season of suffering to help me identify areas of sin in my life that I needed to repent of. Now, I realize pastors aren't supposed to admit that they sin, but I've always been really good at sinning. (laughs) And I think some of you probably already knew that that was one of my most prolific skills, so I might as well uh, just admit it. But anyway, through it all, the Lord reminded me yet again that I can entrust my soul to his care. Now, I don't know what kind of trials you may have been through or what kind of trials you may be going through at present, but don't let those things surprise or discourage you. From time to time, these things come, but the Lord doesn't waste them at all. He uses them to remind us that our greatest hope and our greatest comfort is Jesus Christ. He helps us identify areas of worldliness that have crept into our thinking, and he invites us to rejoice in him, even when our circumstances look less than favorable. Our Lord is faithful, and we can entrust our souls to him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for who you are and for how you operate in our day-to-day lives. Lord, we recognize that we go through trials, and when we go through them, sometimes we inadvertently allow ourselves to become overly discouraged by them, or sometimes we're surprised by them. But when we look at this portion of Scripture, you tell us, Lord, not to be people who allow our trials to surprise or discourage us, but rather we can look at these things from a purposeful perspective, recognizing that you use these trials and tests that we go through to strengthen our faith, to refine us, to point out areas of our lives where we might need to 
repent of sin or give up idols that have crept into our hearts or whatever it may be. But you make use of these things to help us become stronger followers of your Son, Jesus Christ. So, Lord, we're grateful for the privilege that you give to us to walk with you and to know that even our trials and tests have great purpose to them and that you're helping us grow in our walk with you. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for these reminders from your word today. And we pray, Lord, that by your grace that you'd help us to put you first in all areas of our lives. We love you, Lord. We're grateful for all these things, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Informal Bible Study. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, stop by our website, desirejesus.com, and check out all the different resources that we have available for you on there. There's quite a few things, and new things are added just about every week, so we'd encourage you to stop by the website. And while you're there, do a couple things. Sign up for our newsletter so that you're on our email list, and send me an email one of these days and let me know that you're out there. Let me know if there's a way I could be praying for you. I'll be happy to do so. But sometimes it's just nice to hear from people who listen to this podcast. I'll admit that it actually encourages me to continue recording these things once I hear that uh, it's been something that the Lord's used to encourage someone in their walk with Him. So thanks again for those of you who do reach out and keep in touch with us. It's always nice to hear from you. But that's it for us today. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week, and we look forward to catching up with you next Monday right here. Take care. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for working everything out for my good. Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian prayer meditation, you can pray along to prayers based on specific topics. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian prayer meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com. Dot com.